It's not making, but it's listening because this is where it starts. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Wall, Más Allá del Muro, a bilingual podcast where we dive into muralism and public art, getting to know it on a deeper level as we learn about the people, process, and philosophy behind the work. I'm your host, Shannon McAvoy, recording from Santiago, Chile. Today on the podcast, we have Justina Budzin, an artist from Poland who has been working in ceramics and mosaic art since 2001. Justina has completed many private and public commissions. She has participated in international mural art events in both Chile and Colombia, and she has also exhibited her work at several group exhibitions in Poland, England, and Ireland. I met Justina at the first International Urban Mosaic Intervention in 2014, organized by Isidora Paz Lopez. And later, we worked together on Isidora's Vogeltreppe mosaic project in Germany in 2019. Justina has so much talent and experience with mosaic, and yet she is so easy to talk to. During our interview, we had lots of laughs. It's a pleasure to share it with you all today, and I'm sure you'll find it entertaining and helpful. Please welcome Justina Budzin. Hi, Justina. Thank you so much for being here, for coming to be interviewed on the podcast Beyond the Wall. It's a pleasure to have you here today and hope you're doing really well. Hi, Shannon. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be invited. Great. Yes. So my listeners are really interested in public art and murals in particular. And what kind of public art do you do that you would like to share with them? I specify mainly in architectural ceramics, which are mosaics Mm -hmm. and uh, hand-sculpted ceramics of large scale. Perfect, perfect. Okay, and what what are the concepts and ideas that you explore in these pieces? Mm, It depends on the size and on client's requirements, really. Mm -hmm. Mm, I guess for me, my artwork is really about listening to my clients and responding to them with a visual work. But the, the really art is in listening. So mm-hmm. I cannot say that I particularly explore a certain concept every time. It depends on uh, individually. Mm-hmm. I have work that represents plants. I have works that represents birds. I have mm-hmm. work that represents architecture. So it really varies. Well said, well said. That is really true, actually, of course, of, with public art, with working with the clients, of course, you have to do a lot of listening to make sure that the work is what they're interested in and also to make sure that the work fits in with the space where it's going to be located. Perfect. And it's not, it, it doesn't mean that the client necessarily knows straight away that they, for example, want birth or that they want a sculpture that will represent uh, whatever something abstract but Mm -hmm. they come to you with a idea and a need let's say uh, adaptation of a square that looks like nothing now Mm -hmm. they want to make it attractive and usable by Mm -hmm. people so you then start to think uh, what can I do to make this space attractive Mm -hmm. and nice for people to sit in to spend time in Mm -hmm. and then maybe you come up with little sculptures that represent turtles or maybe you come up with something that looks like a labyrinth or whatever you know it's I'm not saying that the client tells me specifically oh we want this and that that happens but not very often Mm. Uh, so um, I'm underlining it because now I've been working in this field for over 20 years Mm -hmm. and it comes clearer and clearer to me that my art is really listening it's not making but it's listening because this is where it starts. And I find pleasure in people who are satisfied with what I have produced for them. Sure. So for me, it's not really about the feedback, but the feeling of contentment mm-hmm. of this other person who just say, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's really what we've imagined. Although it doesn't look at all as, as what you've drawn. Sure, <laughs> but we sure. love it. Yeah. That's <laughs> you awesome. know, like, because it's a communication it's a communication between minds, between needs, 
between something that is untouchable and then something that is 100% touchable, tangible. So I think this is where art is, really. When you do public art, that is commissioned because Mm -hmm. it's different when it's competition. When it's competition, you just do whatever you fancy and then if jury like it, then it's fine. If they don't, then <laughs> it's also fine. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes, that's great. So you've done a lot of commission work. And have you also done a lot of competition work or work that is kind of more independent on your own, that your own ideas, your own thing? Have you done some of both? I have done, but not as competitions, more like street art. Ah, okay. Just work that I have decided that I'm going to do and I'm going to put it on the street and I'm not going to ask anybody about permission. Oh my God. Como lo dicen en español, no voy a pedir permiso para ser libre. Exactamente. I'm not going to ask permission to be free. Exactly. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I would love to hear a little bit more about those street art pieces. First, though, maybe can you tell us, because you have so many years of experience, can you tell us about how you got started with your mosaics and with your sculpture? Can you tell us a little bit about your beginnings? Mm -hmm. Well, I was very lucky because at the beginning of, I think it was 2003 or 2002. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, somewhere back then, I was introduced to an Irish mosaic artist and ceramic artist, uh, Laura O'Hagan. And she Mm -hmm. took me into her workshop as an apprentice. And I've spent five years working next to her and working for her Mm -hmm. and learning huge amount from her. Technical bits, business bits, construction bits, because she's been doing and is still doing architectural ceramics. So it was the five years of brilliant school, hands-on. So these were my beginnings. And then I kind of went to explore on my own uh-huh. and set up a first yeah. little business. It wasn't, you know, very successful at the beginning okay. because obviously I had experience in large scale, but to do large scale, you quote large. And if you're an unknown artist, nobody wants to pay you large, <laughs> you know, right. a, a bigger, bigger, bigger amount of money. So I started mm-hmm. with uh, doing jewelry and little mosaic mirrors and doing little markets. And mm-hmm. eventually I started to get smaller commissions mm-hmm. for maybe a picture and, you know, this and that. And it lasted like this for Oh, good few years. And also, I must say, I've been changing countries because I've been moving a lot. I lived okay. in Ireland and then I moved to Spain. Oh, wow. So, and in this work, I think it's important to be in one place because people get to know you. Ah, yes. And I can see how how time now for me in Poland really works because mm. I practically do non-marketing at all and I have work. So mm. uh, uh, That's a really good point. Yeah, but also I have developed, like, after five years of being apprentice, I knew enough to start, but I didn't have my own style. Mm-hmm. And style develops with years because you change your approach to work. You open yourself, you give more time, you meet maybe people. Like, for me, a big changing point was being in Chile in 2014. The first international urban mosaic intervention in Puente Alto Santiago, Chile, where I met you for the first time. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, and, and tell the audience, tell our listeners more about how that experience impacted your art making. Well, I guess at that time I was living in Poland, where I moved in 2008. And by moving to Poland, I fulfilled one of my dreams, which was having a house in the countryside. But I didn't know that, that having the dream accomplished is, will mean that I will be in complete artistic isolation for years. Yeah. And um, so when I went to Chile, it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. because out of being isolated from art world for a few years uh, I suddenly met this amazing artist from all over the world they were all crazy about mosaics mm -hmm. they were all expressing themselves in a different way having yes. their own style their own language and there was I having my own language there and it was just super refreshing and very 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 inspiring to research more that was the main thing for me and then also making mm -hmm. friends making new friends with whom I could be in contact via Facebook, who I yep. can go and visit, yep. mm -hmm. moan over the phone when it's hard. <laughs> because it's uh, very yeah, important. like cry, cry over the Somebody. phone. <laughs> yeah, because they can understand the fellow mosaic Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I should say uh, to our uh, listeners that uh, mosaic is an incre incredibly tedious craftsmanship or art. Yes. Yes. So it's beautiful. It gives a beautiful result, very time-resisting result, but it's incredibly slow and physically tiring technique. So uh, you need to keep the spirit up in order to produce a decent artwork. And if you want to produce a spectacular artwork, then you need to keep your spirit really high. And we all know exactly. that life isn't easy every day. So... It's really important also to have a crew with whom you can speak, you can, you know, ex exchange experience and worries and all this. I, I find it super important. Definitely. So that was Chile for me. Chile mm -hmm. gave me a lot. Ch Chile gave me not everything, but Chile gave me a lot. Yes. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really powerful experience for sure. Let's talk about the pros and cons of being a mosaic muralist. We kind of started to touch a little on that. Maybe we could go into a little bit more. Well, I guess it depends on every person individually. Mm -hmm. But certainly with large scale or a small scale, the first thing I would say as a difficult part is the intensity of it. Because you need to keep the level, which nearly sometimes equal in visuals, in, you need to keep the andamento which is the rhythm of the work yes. mm -hmm. for all the time of your work. So let's oh, say mm -hmm. if you want to create a piece that is incredibly dynamic, you need to hold that dynamic through all the time. So if you, let's say, spend one month working with dynamic reds, that's going to be the red color of different shapes that you will look at for a month. Uh, of 40 <laughs> hours a week or more because we all know we work more than 40 hours oh when, yeah <laughs> you know when the deadline is there so it's very very intense so this is where um, you need to be ready for that you need to be ready for the intensity of that work you need to be ready for the physicality of it mm -hmm. which means you need to mind your body because mm -hmm. you spend uh, many hours in the same position you cut the materials that are really hard Mm -hmm. And I often have men, male friends visiting me and saying, oh, give me a try to cut it. And they're like, Jesus, this is hard. And I'm like, yes, this is hard. And now you do it for eight hours a day. People think that it's fun. It's like puzzle making, but it actually is quite a bit harder. For sure. So if you work alone, you, solitude might be difficult, but then you have podcasts to listen and oh it's yeah to... like this one. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> or, or I actually I love criminal books or thrillers thriller audiobooks to listen oh yeah <laughs> the best <Okay>. are thrillers <laughs> Scandinavian <laughs> very fun okay perfect perfect yes whatever and uh, um so I guess uh, these are the difficult bits but um then if you are lucky and you can train somebody to work with you, then mm -hmm. that makes work on large scale much easier. I had this opportunity once that I was able to train somebody and I was able to quote for them as well, because that's another thing. And that's speaking about hard bits. You, need you mean to you, mean you were able them. to include them, they're working yes. in the budget, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Uh, so finances are another thing that one has to keep in consideration. Mosaics are never cheap because they are terribly labor expensive mm -hmm. and materials too. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to make your living on it, you need mm -hmm. to keep your prices 
at decent level. That means you need to find customers who will be able to pay you because there's no point in doing work for half price just for sake of doing the work and then not being able to pay your bills. Exactly. Because that's too frustrating. This work is really hard. So you, you need to remember where you are. You need mm -hmm. to remember that you cannot drop the price. And sometimes, yes. you know, bigger the work is, it's more expensive. If it's more expensive, then the client will want to push you down. And this is where you need to be extremely hard at negotiations and say, no, you need to be ready to let go of work, mm -hmm. not doing it for less than it's worth. Yes. So, um, Beautiful and that's, for, for me, it took me a couple of years to learn to negotiate hard. You know, there were times when I would just say, ah, sure, I'm just going to do it for a little bit less. Mm. And then I was still happy because I was able to produce work for a portfolio or to develop myself as an artist. So, you know, sometimes right. it's not in money that you earn. Sometimes mm. you earn in something else, like experience. Experience is vital. But you need to always keep, you know, balance those things. And then I guess the, the brilliant bit is the joy the joy of beauty that you're looking at because let's say for me I could not produce a work that meets quality according to my standards I can only produce top quality because I think my life is just too short to be delivering something that is decent something that is not very good I only deliver work that is really good outstanding uh, so that is satisfying mm -hmm. and also mosaics are Mosaics are nearly always beautiful, you know, yes. yeah. colors in them, the texture of ceramics or any other material. So that gives you a huge satisfaction. And then I must say, I truly love being on a building site. Being on a building site for me is like being for fish in water. Oh, tell uh, this me more is... about this, like a construction site, you mean? Yes. Is that what? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I love dealing with engineers, with architects, with builders, going uh -huh. on scaffolding, all these things. This is where I am really happy. This is my place. Oh, that's so cool. I'm not there very often because, yeah. you know, just to say, sometimes you work for one year on a mosaic. Like, let's say a couple of years ago, I've delivered a 15 square meter mosaic that I spent a year working at it. And we installed wow. it in five days. So for five days out of one year, I was in the building, but I was happy. My last work, I spent three months making it and three days on the site. But again, I was happy. <laughs> Wonderful. The one that was three months, was that the lizard mural? Yes. 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 That's so beautiful, mm -hmm. that one. That's so beautiful. Ah, the, thank you. Uh, I want to see the, the colors in that one. Maybe let's talk about that one for a minute about the different colors, textures, the design. I can put a picture of it in the podcast. So this piece, the lizard mural, how big is this one? This is uh, 220 by 260 centimeters. Okay. So it's, it's nearly five square meter big. Wow, very, very big. And... I love the different lines in, in here of like with the smaller tesserae and the tenkalis in the background. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the story of this particular piece of how it came to be mm -hmm. and where it is now? This is a, a, it's a wall piece for my client's bathroom. Mm -hmm. He just desired to have a lizard on a black background, which is quite unusual, a color to choose by a customer. Mm -hmm. People usually have this idea of black being a sad color, mm -hmm. which I personally think is completely untrue. I love black. I have produced several outers pieces, like outers, which means uh, not for commission, oh, yeah, with black backgrounds. Personally, yes, exactly. Personal, mm -hmm. thank you. And I find black incredibly attractive. And especially because my background is ceramics, I can produce or buy glazes that are different grades of black or that are mm -hmm. so, some of them are shiny some of them are matte sometimes I mix two glazes on one surface which gives another result yeah. so I knew I am going to be able to produce a range of black tonalities mm -hmm. 
And I must say, I, I like the idea of playing with tones of one color. Uh, a couple of years okay. ago, I've made a work representing two cranes. Mm -hmm. And there I explored a range of grays, of gray color. As an artist, I find it tremendously exciting to be exploring within one color. I find attractive, yeah. very colorful mosaics. Mm -hmm. But for me, less is more. Mm. So uh, coming back to that lizard, when he rang me and explained what he wants, I just felt like, oh my God, this is a job for me. I'm going to get it. <laughs> going to pay me the money I want and he's going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> yeah. That's and, um, I felt that this is really my customer. And so I've developed a design for him and I sketch my designs. I don't use computer. I do all by hand. Mm -hmm. So in order to keep it clear, I didn't do the black background. I just drew a lizard showing the movement and showing mm -hmm. that I want a shadow underneath of it. So okay. it, gives, uh, it, yes. it gets depth. Mm -hmm. But I did not color the black because I said, it's no point in me doing it because it's not right. going to be looking at all as right. it's going to look in mosaics and in ceramics. Right. And he accepted that. Mm -hmm. And then I hand glazed the tiles. All the tiles in this work are hand glazed, the colored and the black ones. Wow. Yeah. Hand glazed all by you. Wow. Brilliant. Yes. Yes. And mm -hmm. if you go onto another picture where you get a close up of a body, you will see uh, here in the blues on the top yes. left leg, you see that in one piece you have several tones, several shades. Yes. This is because all these tiles were hand glazed and then cut into desired shape. It's so uh, And doing that, when you use hand glazed tiles, I know from my experience that you achieve a tremendous dynamic of work. And this is something that one has to mind with mosaic, not to deliver a work that is too dynamic because you want a person to be comfortable with it in their space. You don't want the work to be overwhelming. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I knew that the background is going to be calming the dynamics of colorful tiles. Mm -hmm. And yet I have played with andament of the lizard mm -hmm. quite freely. And the lizard itself has got different andamentals on it just to give it a character and mm -hmm. to make it very different to the background. Yes. Um, and to show the space in it. Not to make it three-dimensional, no, no, nothing at all, but just to give it a bit of volume, mm -hmm. a notion of volume, let's call it so, the, sure. the impression. And also I want, what was very important in that work, and it always is, I'm fascinated by the movement. Mm -hmm. So with drawing and then with mosaics, I wanted to make sure she is going to be alive. She's mm -hmm. going to be frozen in her movement. Yes. So... Uh, Shall I say she or it? In Polish, it's a female for a lizard. That's why I said she, but uh, okay. it's in English, I guess it's it. <laughs> yes. Unless it was a pet and we knew if it was a boy or girl specifically, mm. then it could be. Well, it's very beautiful. And I, I like the way that you captured, you kind of given an idea of the scales as well on this lizard with the way that you use the andamento. And I think it's really beautiful too. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. And so, yes, we got into that beautiful piece when you were talking about the brilliant or the, the lovely, wonderful parts about being a mosaic artist. I want to make sure you, if there's anything else that you want to add uh, on that note. Well, I guess for, for me, the beautiful part of being an artist is that I can organize my uh, work. So sometimes when I finish a bigger work, I take a couple of weeks off. Sometimes life gets on the way and something else happens. Right. But that also is good that you can allow life to get on the way of your work. You know what I mean? Like Because work is important, but sometimes there are things that are more important than work. Yes. And because I am my own boss and because, you know, this is good and bad, obviously. And as an artist, I do not create things of a first need. So if somebody has to wait extra three weeks for their mosaics, they are not going to die. now. Right. I must say, in 20 years, I did not miss a deadline. 
and I'm super proud of it. Good job for you. That's awesome. <laughs> I, need to take, I need to take lessons from you. You should give lessons on budgeting and timing and things. <laughs> but, um, but still, I just have it in the back of my mind that because, well, with a public client, it's not as easy because you have an official contract and you need to, you know, negotiate if it's going to take longer. Mm. But with a private customer, we're all humans and you wish them well and they want nice work. So I guess I believe that I can possibly negotiate a deadline with every customer that I will have. Yeah. Um, so and that is the sense of freedom that this work gives me is uh, is great. But the intensity of it and the physical part of it is hard. And I'm not going to say it's a piece of cake because it's not. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you. Really well said. And you also mentioned a mural that was 15 square meters that you completed mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, did you say? Yes. Was that mural for a, a private client or for a public client? No, that was a public work and it wasn't the mural, it was a floor mosaic. Oh, okay, excuse me, I misheard that floor mosaic. That is No, another... I did not say it. Oh, I didn't okay. say it. No problem. That <laughs> so is also very it. cool. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that project. So that was one of the quite precisely commissioned pieces. I mean, the city that has uh, commissioned it they wanted to have a representation of a map in mosaics Mm -hmm. on the riverfront and so they gave me a map that they wanted to have and I had to translate the drawing into mosaic language because maybe our listeners don't know it, but mosaic has got its own language because yes. of the material that dictates certain rules mm-hmm. that you cannot break and material, you cannot discuss with it. <laughs> it's just the way it is. So you need to adapt to the material. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have a language. Mm-hmm. So I have translated the drawing into mosaics, mosaic language into mosaics and the mm-hmm. uh, and I have uh, produced it. Okay. Is this one the map of Simborska? Simborska? No, no. That's oh, a me. map of Simborska is a, is, a, is a private project. I okay. as an artist, nobody has commissioned it. Okay. This is Maradam BNC. If oh, you I got look... it. I think I got it. Maradam BNC. Yeah, I think I got it now. This one? Yes. Beautiful. Yes, that's the one. Okay. That's the one. I've accomplished it with a friend of mine in 2019. Mm -hmm. And the drawings that you see on the sea, they are ceramic decals. So I handmade these drawings and then I imprint them onto ceramics. And so again, my ceramic knowledge came to help me with this work. Uh, I'm saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it because... um, Mosaics has different faces. So there are some artists who work uh, with glass. There are some who work with small tea or different materials. And I specialized in ceramic mosaic. Good to um, specify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just to just to say it. Yeah, it's beautiful and very detailed and cool about how you incorporated the printed ceramic pieces into that. Wow, very cool. Is this one of the biggest pieces that you have done? Yeah, that will be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, mm-hmm. on my own. Yeah. Because I had a period when I worked for a Spanish artist called Julio Bono Peris. Mm-hmm. And with him, I have created a mural of 400 square meters in Tanarife. Whoa. So- <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That was before you settled down in Poland? Yes, yes. That was in 2006, I guess. And that was all Trencadis. So very different to what I'm doing. Uh, Much way, way faster. And only two of us have done it. And I got, I think we spent four or five months of work at it. But if you compare, here is 15 square meters of two people working for one year. And there was 400 square meters. 
made yeah. by two people working for four months. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, very, very different. This one clearly has tons of beautiful detail, like just really fine detail. And obviously that's why it took quite a bit more time to complete. And it's just really, really well done. It's beautiful. Very cool. Thank you. So let's talk about a little bit about the different types of murals here. So you've done private commissions, public commissions, and you also talked about some of the street art kind of like, quote unquote, graffiti mosaics. Tell me a little bit about the graffiti mosaics, so to speak, or the ones that you just put wherever you feel like. Well, first theory I have made was the result of my first travel to South America, to Chile, back in 2014, because I have seen so much beautiful street art that I have decided that I want to make something. Also, at that time, I didn't have much work. I have returned from South America and felt so in a wrong place. I didn't want to be where I was. Oh, I no. couldn't ground. And uh, I just wanted to express myself. So I think at that time, I probably was living on some workshops. I remember that at that time, I certainly didn't have any commissions. Okay. So I had a bit of time. And since mosaics are very time consuming, I could never think of large pieces, but I right. have created this series of circles of a diameter of 30 centimeters uh-huh. with one word in the middle uh-huh. and the graphical design around it. And that series was called Fish Bones. And it was really interesting because I've made them, let's say, out of necessity of my heart. Yeah. And people just loved it. Because yeah. it's very unusual to see mosaics on the street. And yes. here in the nearest city, uh-huh. People start to discover them. They were discreet, you know. Yes, because, discreet. Yes, yes. Discreet because they weren't that big, but yet they were colorful and beautiful. And this little word in the middle that left everybody with a little question or something. This piece was interacting with humans. Yeah. And um, I did not expect it at all. I just went there out of kind of, you know, frustration of, hey, I want, I have something to say. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and left it out there on the street. And then suddenly I started to get feedback that people really like it. And it's really nice. And it cheered them up and blah, 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 blah. Oh, nice. So, um, and I've discovered that already a few years ago, I've discovered that the street as a gallery is my gallery. I don't really click with galleries and such. I don't know how to make my way to the galleries and mm-hmm. uh I don't just it's not my peak you right, know I know I, I know what you mean I can definitely <laughs> resonate with that so galleries like are kind of isolated spaces and and, and the street the street is great actually because you have different people you just have people who can be educated in arts and people who are not going to be educated with arts Sometimes you get people who will destroy your mosaic. And I think that's nearly better that they destroy a mosaic than they go and beat their family. That's horrible, yeah. It's like a living body, the street, and humans out there. This is, this, mm. It's real. So the Fishbones series started in 2014, and it continued for several years. Are, are, are you still doing the series now? No, no, I ended it in 2016, because I felt like, oh, I cannot carry on forever. And then I started this series that you mentioned, Mapa Szymborski, which is the map of Szymborska. Szymborska was a, a Polish poet. So I started to make these little pieces that are sometimes land art pieces and sometimes street art pieces with the poetry of Szymborska. But I have created four pieces only and I'm now working on the fifth one, but they are very different to the fish bones. They are super detailed. And I, I must say, yeah, I, think I, was taking a look I at aimed those. a little bit too high because they are super time consuming and doing them with no phones. It's just difficult. And also nowadays wow. I... 
have quite a lot of work commissioned. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of more difficult to find time to make those. I get it. But they are really beautiful. I see you also incorporated some like printing, I think, onto the ceramic tile. Yes. And it looks like hand-painted ceramic tile too. I sometimes add little bits that I found. Like in one piece, I've added this plastic animals <laughs> onto a mosaic. They're really fun for me to make. Beautiful and beautiful, both of these series. And how many pieces are there in the fish bones and how many pieces are there in the map of Timborska so far? Um, well, fish bones, there were 10 of them in Gozhov, which is the city nearby. But there were also others in other places. I cannot really remember uh, okay. how many. And with Szymborska, I have finished four pieces, but mm -hmm. I would like to create more. But because I had nearly two years of a gap now, it's kind of, it's even hard to get back to the project. What well, I find that I need to be focused on something. I need to be in the process. Yes. And when I'm, when my process is cut in the middle because the commission comes or something else comes, life comes on the way, I find it hard to get back to it. And also, you know, I change my needs of expression change. And this is actually another hard bit of mosaics in mosaics that sometimes you think you have this brilliant idea and you think, okay, I finished this commission and I'm going to execute this and that. Oh yeah. But by the time you finish your commission, you feel you have changed. This yeah. is not as important as it was you don't mm. see this clearly or you didn't see a need to create it or whatever yeah timing yeah. is a really hard bit in mosaics the slowness of it oh just... my gosh 100 percent 100 with that well anyway i'm just seeing i think one or maybe two of these so far and what i am seeing are really beautiful and when you said you said land art as are you referring to the fact that it's installed this one looks like it's installed on a tree trunk uh-huh. That's what do you mean by land art, right? Yeah, that they are installed in the countryside. In the countryside. They are not installed in the city. They are actually far from the city. Ah, that's, that has its own unique, interesting part. That's really cool. Okay. So when you said you had a break of two years, is that because of the pandemic, you mean? or No, because I was just so busy with commissions. Okay. That's how you make all of your money from commissions? Yes. Basically? Yeah. Yes. So I actually need to be jobless to be producing my personal artwork. Or yeah. I need to say to my customers, listen, I'm not working for another two months because I'm producing artwork. Wow. And I mean, if you can support yourself in those two months, that's awesome. You know, if you're if yeah, yeah, if you paid yeah. well enough to do that, that's great. So, uh, yeah, my only income is uh, the commission work. Mm -hmm. So it's, as you said, sometimes it's not easy to say no to a, to a client because you need to live on something. Right. All right. And so you've traveled quite a bit making mosaics and street art, mosaic art in other countries. You mentioned Ireland and Spain and, of course, Chile. And I also know you were in Germany. We were there together in 2019. But I think you've been to other places too and done some art. Where else have you done art? I was an invited artist in the Street Art Biennale in Cali, in Colombia. Oh, yes. I was there in 2016. Mm -hmm. Actually, there, I've produced a huge work there. I think wow. that was nearly 50 square meter too. It was really big. And I was invited to UK, to Bristol. Yeah. I have taken part in the human nature exhibition and street art work, which was the exhibition was touring first in Bristol and then in London. So okay. I had work exhibit there uh, and I left my street art work in Leonard's Lane in Bristol. So your, your street artwork, yeah. it was like an installation of a mosaic yeah. piece in there. Okay. It was a bigger piece. But then also, I, because I was traveling on my own quite a bit, and I was doing little mosaics, I have some work in Greece and in Turkey uh -huh. and in Italy. Uh -huh. 
And in Italy, wow. it's funny because it's near Lago di Garda, which is a quite a known place for climbers. And I've yeah. got friends who are climbers. So at least once a year, somebody sends me a picture from there. There is a little mosaic portrait. And they say, oh, look, we found your mosaic. It's oh, that's here. so cool. <laughs> that's so fun. That's so fun. Oh, I love because that. others, I don't, mm, I don't know what happened to them. Maybe they got destroyed, or maybe they're still there. Yeah. Wow! Amazing, all the places that you've got to leave your mark. Really cool. Mm. And Germany too, because yes. this is I, I live close to German border, so it's also in Germany. Some of your personal works in Germany, you're saying? Yeah, little mosaics. Awesome! That's great. Can you tell me a little bit about how you organize your work day? I have a workshop next to my house and I work from there. And I guess I'm depending on uh, time in the year. In yeah. summer, I like to go to the workshop at around five in the morning because it's not hot and it's bright and it's fresh. Oh. And then by midday, I'm over for a couple of hours, just like Spanish people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, the time. And I might return to work in the afternoon. And then in autumns and winter, I always work nights. In autumn, I'm super light sensitive. So the mixture of artificial light and natural light drives me absolutely insane. And this is something I cannot compromise on. This is so, so I decide to work only when it's dark. Okay. So let's say the lizard that we were speaking about. Mm -hmm. I started to working on in October and I was going to work at five o'clock in the afternoon when it was getting dark and I would mm -hmm. work until four in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning, depends on the goal that I had and oh on audiobook gosh. because if it was a thriller, I wouldn't like to leave work. <laughs> <laughs> keep you hooked. Oh my gosh, that is so intense and really long hours too, to like oh, yeah. 12 hours almost sometimes or more. Yeah, this is this is me. I kind of change into a machine when I start working. When I get a project, I cannot yeah. let go. And in summer, I'm a bit better, but in autumn, I get super intense and I work long hours. This is why I also swim in open water because it keeps me in shape and it kind of gives me another reality apart my work. Yeah. So, I would go to bed at six in the morning, sleep for a couple of hours, then go swim in the lake, Wow! have a little snooze after that, because that's the best thing to do after you have been swimming in cold water. Yeah. And pop, go to work at six or seven in the evening. And that's the way I work in winter. Now wow. it's changing again. Now it's changing into spring and it's a transition time. Yeah, But still, I'm happier now working in the evening than during the daytime because the light is still not so good. Okay. Oh my gosh, but that's quite intense. It's kind of cool to hear a little bit about your daily routine of how you fit in your work. It's very unique. I don't know if I would be able to stay up all night, but there must be something about the swimming in the cold water <laughs> really <laughs> could help you. Like I've been always like that. When the work is on, Mm -hmm. I'm just 100% for work. And with this particular work, I had to work really long hours because I had unexpected problems in autumn. So instead of starting in the end of September, mm -hmm. I started in middle of October. So I was okay. kind of late. Got so it. I knew I had to do up the, the hours. But normally I try to give a longer deadline so mm -hmm. I can work maximum eight hours a day because otherwise it's really tiring mm -hmm. and this is where you start hating mosaics oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <you're> tired <laughs> yeah no it's not a fun place to be in gotta make sure to you can get an, enough rest to keep going okay thank you justina and here's another question tell me about one of the most satisfying moments in your career well, there are a good few. Certainly the mosaic intervention in Puente Alto was one of them because it was just a mind-blowing and completely unforgettable experience, mm -hmm. life-changing experience. Mm. Then I have a couple of commissions that I have made and I was particularly happy with them. But then I also have beautiful memories of working for Laura O'Hagan and different people 
because there we had really brilliant team mm-hmm. that we work with and we shared on everyday basis and we had different works sometimes we would have modern mosaics sometimes we would have conservation to do sometimes we would crawl on our knees for three months in the church you know, just to do a conservation work. Wow. Then if you don't have a good team and somebody to laugh with, then it's, you know, it would be a nightmare. But because we always had brilliant team to do this work, I had beautiful memories. So I couldn't say about one particular work. Sometimes process of talking to a customer and getting to understand him that sometimes this process is really long and uh, because it's being long it's very interesting mm-hmm. uh, okay. because it evolves so I couldn't say about one work it's okay. it's it is an adventure every time every work every process is an incredible adventure and incredible memory so mm-hmm. Thank you. And I'm sorry, I'm not being precise. It's okay. It's great that it's just been overall a wonderful experience. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us today? Any last recommendations for artists who would like to start making mosaic murals? Well, if you want to start making large scale mosaic, be patient. Make sure you really like it. And you truly enjoy yourself while you are working because it's hell of work and there's no point in doing it unless you really, really like it and you are passionate about it. Well said. Okay, perfect. And where can we find you? Well, uh, there's my website, justinabudzen.pl. That is all in Polish. So, but you but, can uh, I you can Google translates it if you want. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To, so to that, English. that's good. You can. Yeah. You can find me on Facebook. That's another link. You can find me on Instagram. But on Instagram, it's a bit of bits of me as I put also my swimming uh, photographs because I do ice swimming and I also canoe. So you can see my adventures, my other adventures. Uh, Mosaic is not my only adventure in life, although it's big. Mosaics and ceramics has brought most adventures to my life, I must say. So on Instagram, you find Bits of me, let's put it so. Perfect. Yeah, then Bits I'll of put... me that I want to show. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll put the... There are other bits that I do not want to show. <laughs> of course. I'll put the links in the show notes to those places that listeners can find you online. And well, thank you so much, Justina. It's just been a pleasure to talk with you. You, you have so much wisdom and you're so talented and, and just so, so kind and fun fun to talk to you so thank you so much for being here today well thank you again for inviting me it was a big pleasure to to talk about something that is my passion so thank you Shannon that was just so much fun thanks again Justina for coming on the podcast and so here we have the amazing takeaways number one it's not making it's listening this is where it starts for commissions Practice the arts of listening and communication to turn your client's intangible ideas into a tangible reality. Number two, being an apprentice to another artist is a wonderful opportunity to learn art, construction, and business skills on the job. Number three, on a related note, when you have your own mosaic studio, as mosaic is very labor-intensive, it is helpful if you, in turn, train someone to assist you with your projects. Number four, As a ceramic and mosaic artist who lives on commissions, Justina has found that it's important to stay in one place because people get to know you. Number five, style develops with years. Number six, pricing. You can earn valuable experience from doing mosaic commissions even if the pay is lower than you would like, but you need to maintain a healthy balance and take care of yourself. Strive to be a hard negotiator and don't go below your limit. Mosaic is hard work, and there's no point in doing it for such a low price that you can't pay your bills. Number seven, less is more. Justina has found that in Mosaic, combining different tones and textures of a single color, even black, can produce a rich and beautiful visual effect. Number eight, 
As we can see by Justina's Fishbones project, work that comes from your heart resonates with the hearts of others. Number nine, in addition to street art, consider the possibility of land art or art you install in the countryside. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Wall, Masaya del Muro. We love that you're here. Please be sure to check out the show notes where I've put some links where you can find Justina and see her beautiful artwork. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the show, you can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthewall.muralpodcast. Sharing this episode with a friend and leaving a review are more ways that you can spread the love. Finally, you can support us at my Patreon page for exclusive benefits related to the podcast. Find me at patreon.com forward slash Shannon McAvoy. Have a great day and see you next time.